let's just forget about everything and just worship and magnify the Lord. Yes. Today. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Can I call on you, Brother Scott? Would you lead us in a word of prayer, please? Gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we, we thank you for the opportunity to be in your house today, God. And Father, we just ask, we do come to glorify you, Lord. And Father, we ask that you just uh, keep all the distractions of the, this world and this life from uh, hindering us worshiping you today, God. Just open up our hearts and minds, touch each and every individual here, Lord. God, just be with the music and uh, be with the preaching today, God. Just uh, give us the word that we need. Father, we ask these things in your son's name. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. You can be seated. You know, it's, uh, here it is, December. You know, this year is, it is flying by. And, you know, Christmas time is, is on us. And uh, we're going to start celebrating right now today. I'm going to give us some scripture out of uh, Jeremiah. And uh, this is probably some familiar verse, but, uh, or verses. It's in Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 33, verses 14 through 16 says, Behold the day, days come, saith the Lord, that I will perform that good thing which I have promised to the house of Israel and to the house of Judah. In those days, and at that time, will cause a branch of righteousness to grow up unto David, and he shall exalt judgment and righteousness in the land. In those days shall Judah be saved, and Jerusalem shall dwell. And this is the name wherewith it shall be called the Lord of righteousness. Amen. You know, we got a Savior. It's going to be it's more so that we can have righteousness. Look to page uh, 249. <coughs> Oh, come all you faithful.
town of Bethlehem. Y'all step and see another one? Away in a manger. Away in a manger. That's going to be page uh, 261. Y'all know that one too. Y'all know the manger. 262, I'm sorry. Okay, we need to learn this song. Come on, man. Come One on. small child. What? 
When I was thinking about this song, oh, and all the little kids up here, when he was born, he was a child just like our little baby. Sure. And his mama raised him just like we raised our kids. And the only difference is he was a perfect child. I can't even imagine. But uh, y'all, you may not know this song. Uh, some of you may have heard it before, but it, uh, it just, to me, it's a special song. One small child at the end of a thousand. That's real.
last one line will go up.
song. Sweet, sweet spirit. We sure can. There's a sweet spirit here today. Three ninety one. I know this is a that was her favorite song. I know this is uh, Vanessa's mom. That was her favorite song. Sweet. <coughs> Yes. 
y'all, but I have really got a blessing out of being here this morning. I really have. I've just been uh, old saying blessed beyond measure. I just can't find the words to say to tell how blessed you are. Um, I want to say that I, I appreciate your church and love you and uh, appreciate our young folks for the involvement that they're having in our church and I appreciate that. Requesting songs and coming up here and, and singing. Uh, I love all you young folks, and I love everybody here. And uh, it's all about the song, I'll Fly Away, that we sang uh, a while ago. And uh, I thought, one day I will, I will. Right now, I physically, I can't hardly jump four inches off the ground, but I'll leave here one of these days, amen, be carried up in the glory. That just, that just thrills me to death, thrills me to death. I don't want to get too thrilled about it though because I want to be able to do what God wants us to do while we're here on this earth today and, and try to lead people to the Lord. And, uh, and it's good to see each one of you. Uh, it's good to have Sister uh, Louise back with us. We've missed you and I'm uh, glad that you're uh, back with us. We appreciate her daughter-in-law, Carla, for bringing her Amen. to church. And, and uh, we appreciate Carla being here uh, with us. And uh, boy, I'm so full right now of the Holy Spirit. I just, uh, it wouldn't bother me if we just kept on, folks just kept on testifying and requesting <coughs> songs. Uh, but I'm prepared to do what God uh, would have me to do. He would have me to do and uh, uh, I need you to pray for us for just a few minutes and, and we don't feel like we're going to be long, but uh, we want to try to expound on what God has showed us last night and this morning early and, uh, and, and share this with you and hope that you may uh, get a blessing out of this. Or maybe if you've got a need in your life, that, that you'll find that need met. Uh, uh, that's all that our duty is to do is to point people to Jesus. We don't have the answers ourselves, but we know where you can get the answers today. Uh, my daddy used to stress to me, I hated taking tests, and my daddy used to stress to me, he said, son, they don't expect you to know all the answers. You're expected to know where to find them. And that was true. That was true. You wasn't supposed to memorize all that in your head, but you had to know where to go to find the answers. Boy, I'm glad today that I know where to go <laughs> to find every answer to every problem that I face in this, in this life today. He's never failed me. He's never told me that what I've come to him with was too small or minor. Uh, uh, you might call a, somebody to come do some work at your house, and it may not be a very big job, and they'll say, we just don't do stuff that small. Not enough money in it. But I'm going to tell you something. 
you can't carry anything too small or too big to Jesus Christ. Right. And I, I, I'll go as far as say this. I found out in my life, if I'll carry them to them when they're small, they won't become big Amen. in my life today. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. Uh, I want to read to us out of the uh, ninth chapter of St. Matthew. Seems like I've been in the uh, the, the, the uh, four Gospels here lately, the last few Sundays, but nevertheless, that's where the Lord led us again. And uh, uh, I'll begin reading with the first verse, ninth chapter of St. Matthew. It says here, And he entered into a ship and passed over and came into his own city. Talking about Jesus here. And behold, they brought to him a man sick of a palsy, lying on the bed. And Jesus, seeing their faith, said unto the sick of a palsy, Son, be of good cheer, thy sins be forgiven thee. And behold, certain of the scribes said within themselves, This man blasphemy. And Jesus, knowing their thoughts, you know, uh, we don't have to come out and say something, but God knows exactly what we're thinking before we ever say it. We might not even have to say it but he knows what's in our mind. And, and Jesus knew exactly uh, uh, what was in these scribes' mind here uh, uh, when he said, Thy sins be forgiven thee. And Jesus, knowing their faults, said, Wherefore think ye evil in your hearts? For whether it is easier to say, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, Arise up and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins. Then saith he to the sick of the palsy, Rise up, take thy bed, go into my house. And he arose and departed to his house. But when the multitude saw it, they marveled and glorified God, which had given such power unto men. Jesus passed forth from thence, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the receipt of custom. And he saith unto him, Follow me. He arose and followed him. And it came to pass as Jesus uh, sat at meat in the house, behold, many publicans and sinners came and sat down with him and his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw it, they said unto his disciples, Why eateth your master with publicans and sinners? But when Jesus heard that, he said unto them, They that be whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. But go ye and learn what that means. I will have mercy and not sacrifice, for I am not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. And I, I'll stop reading right there, and I want you to uh, think about uh, what we've just read here and uh, uh, the thought that the Lord's laid on our heart it would come uh, uh, from, from this 12th verse it said but when Jesus heard that he said unto them that they that be whole need not a physician uh, but they that are sick and I'd like to try to expound just for a few minutes to get us to understand the need for a doctor today and I, I want you to think about that the need for a doctor and I begin to look uh, at this and we go back and we while uh, we look here there was a man uh, that had the palsy and, and if you will go I think in the book of Luke 
Luke goes into a little more detail about this man's condition and about how he was brought to Jesus. Now, I'm persuaded to believe that the same man that Matthew's talking about here is the same one that was talked about in the other Gospels. Uh, but they said in one Gospel that they couldn't get this man to Jesus because of the multitude of people that was around him. And the Bible teaches us uh, that these men uh, had faith that they could go up on the roof and remove the tiling uh, from the roof, fasten ropes onto the bed of this man, and, and let him come down there in front of Jesus. In the front. And I can just see them, Brother Bobby, those people standing there hearing a cracking up in the ceiling and on the roof and, and, and saying to themselves, everybody back out, there's a bed coming down from the roof here. And I can just see them backing out away from it. But what Jesus saw was he saw the faith of them that brought this man uh, to him, amen. And uh, uh, Jesus, to much to their surprise, said, be of good cheer, man. Talking to this man in the bed, be of good cheer, thy sins be forgiven thee. Amen. Now I'm sure there was probably a silence in the room. You know, when we have somebody come and get saved, and they come up out of the altar and they say they've been born again, we as the church, we rejoice about it. Amen. But that's not very impressive to the world today. It's not. Uh, I've heard of kids that got saved and they go to school and be all excited about telling their classmates. And they're like, what? Don't even know what they're talking about. When Jesus told this man, thy sins be forgiven thee, that was such a greater miracle than what he was fixing to perform there. It was. He, 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 and, and, and these scribes begin to have dissension and, and, and hatred in their heart because God is the only one that has the authority to forgive sins. Not this man. Who does he think he is? Little did they know that they were looking at God in the flesh. Right. He came down in the form of man. Jesus went a little further and he let them know that so you might believe that the Son of Man has power to forgive sins, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to heal this man. <laughs> now this amazed him. Didn't amaze him that much that he said he could forgive sins, but this amazed him when he told this man to rise up, take up thy bed, and walk. And he did. Amen. You have a lot more folks today out in the world that would really be in amazement and really be saying, wow, if they saw somebody that was declared dead and a man walked up and said, be healed, rise up, and they got up, they'd be a lot more excited about that than they would. <laughs> Me going home and tell them I just got born again. <laughs> but you see, Jesus knew that although he healed this man, he knew that this man's life was only temporal. He was either going to get sick again, he might even get the palsy again. No doubt, he was going to. Uh, Come on, preacher. His health was going to fail. Come on, preacher. And according to the Word of God. 
He was going to die. It's appointed to all men once to die. After this, the judgment. So Jesus was much more excited that he had forgiven him of his sins. Amen. And I, I believe with all my heart that the men that brought this man there and also the man in the bed had faith to believe that Jesus could do this. Jesus can't save anybody. He's not going to save anybody that does not believe that he can today. That's the reason we got so many lost folks in the world today is they just come to that point that they cannot accept and believe that. Trying to figure it out, trying to understand how, why, when. I'll never understand it, Brother Chris. That love goes beyond my comprehension and above my understanding today how somebody could love me so much. The closest thing I can, can compare God's love to us is any of you that's got youngins, you, you know how much you love your kids. And, and, and what really gets me on shouting ground, Brother Wayne, is to think that I'm serving a God today that loves me more than I love Austin. I pray for him every night. I pray for God to keep him safe. I pray for God to give him wisdom and understanding to make the right decisions, the right financial decisions. I pray for him all the time because I love him. He's mine. And I've got a great position today. <laughs> that somehow or another loves you and I more than that. Right. And that, brothers and sisters, is something that ought to get us excited about of this great position today. Uh, Jesus Christ. Uh, but I want to get back uh, uh, to the need for a doctor today. Uh, and so we begin to look. Uh, and Jesus heals this man. Uh, he forgives him of his sins. Uh, amen. Uh, see, just before this chapter that I read to you, uh, uh, Jesus had been over there in the land of the Galileans. Uh, uh, and he had taken the man that was possessed with the devil. Uh, uh, this particular scripture in Matthew says it was two men uh, that were possessed with devils. Uh, and the Bible said uh, how that Jesus uh, uh, removed those devils, uh, cast them out, uh, and cast them into a herd of pigs. Uh, and the pigs uh, violently went off the edge of a cliff there uh, into the water and were choked to death. Uh, and so Jesus, uh, uh, where folks all have been shouting uh, and praising the Lord uh, that this lunatic had uh, these men uh, uh, that were kept out amongst the tombs uh, had the devil uh, had the evil spirit removed from them instead they wanted him to leave right the bible said that after they lost their herd of swine that they went in and told the other people what had happened and what Jesus had done and they asked Jesus I believe they begged him to leave Folks, let me tell you something, Dave. Wherever the Holy Spirit's not welcome and it's asked to leave, believe. It will. It will. You go to somebody's house, amen, and you go with good intentions and they give you the cold shoulder, chances are you're not going to go back there, are you? Jesus performed a miracle right there in front of them, but they had more concern for a bunch of hogs and they did that man that was possessed with the devil. So the Bible said that he left there, the land of the Gatherings, 
And the Bible said he came into his own country, Capernaum. And this is where all of this takes place that I read to you. Amen. And, uh, and so uh, uh, the scribes and the Pharisees are already uh, got indignation about him. They're already upset because he said that he had the power to forgive sins. Amen. And then he goes over there and he says, Matthew, who at that time was called Levi, and he was sitting at the seat of customs. Bible teaches us he was a tax collector, a publican. And him, just like all other publicans, were looked down upon. Bible uh, kind of teaches us or kind of leads us to believe that most of these men were crooked in their dealings. And so uh, Jesus comes and he sees Matthew sitting there. He says, come and follow me. Amen. And Matthew gets up and he follows Jesus. And evidently, he's so excited about Jesus calling him, amen, that he invites him to come to his house for supper. Mm -hmm. Amen. Matthew says that Jesus sat down at meat. doesn't tell where it was, but you read the other Gospels, and it'll tell you that Matthew had him come to his house. So, <laughs> boy, and uh, so Jesus come down there, to Matthew's house to eat. And here these scribes were watching from a distance. Matthew not only invited Jesus and his disciples, but he invited all of his publican friends to come. Mm -hmm. The Bible said publicans and sinners to come. You know, when somebody comes to find Jesus in their heart, you want other people to find. Right. You want other people to find. Amen. I believe that Matthew was saying here, yeah. Lord, I found something. Yeah. Y'all come over here. We're gonna, I'm gonna prepare a meal. We're gonna have this man come and his disciples. And y'all all come and see if you can't see the same thing in him that I see. Amen. But Jesus couldn't do anything without a fault being found right. in what he was doing. Church, don't be surprised that anything that we try to do for the Lord, Satan will find fault. Anything we try to do for God, don't get discouraged when not everybody in America is happy about it. <laughs> Amen? So, he, he, gets, he gets Matthew here and he goes over there and they eat and uh, these scribes and Pharisees are not brave enough to go to Jesus face to face, so they ask his disciples, why does your master talk, eat, socialize with publicans and sinners? Jesus explained. He knew exactly. Even though they didn't ask him direct, Jesus knew that they were asking his disciples. Jesus said, they that are whole need not a position, but they are sick. Preacher, is that saying that those Pharisees and those scribes were whole and didn't need a doctor? Just the opposite. Just the opposite. Jesus was going to those who were blatantly living in sin, and that's the ones that he went to because he knew they needed a physician. And he knew that they were in the condition to accept the work 
that the physician was going to do. Those scribes and those Pharisees and all of those Jews that said they believed in God but they would have nothing to do with Jesus Christ, they were in need of the same physician that Matthew was in need of. Amen. I wrote down a verse that kind of went along with this to kind of give us an idea of what the scribes and the Pharisees, what kind of people that they were. Very, very religious people. Very, uh, very legalistic and, and big into rituals that they thought made them whole with God. The Bible said in Revelation chapter 3 and 17, it speaks of the, of the church of the Laodiceans. And my Thompson chain out beside that calls that the self-centered, lukewarm church mm -hmm. is what is the way Thompson describes that, that, that church. The angel of the Lord uh, spoke in this church and he said, Because thou sayest I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing, and knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked, I counsel thee to buy me gold tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich and white raiment, that thou mayest be clothed, and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear, and anoint thy eyes with eye salve, that thou mayest see. Boy, if there was anybody in the shape at this time that this church was in, it had to be these people, these scribes and these Pharisees. Self-righteous, lukewarm. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of folks were looking for the coming Messiah, but they were not looking for Jesus, if that makes any sense to you. They were looking for him, but not in the form that Jesus came. He didn't meet their standard. But today, we have a need for the doctor more than we ever have. Yeah, we do. Well, we do. We do. People call him the great physician. And boy, we need it today. The dictionary says that a physician is one uh, 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 who is legally uh, authorized to practice medicine. If there was anybody legally authorized to heal people, it's God himself. Amen. Amen. He's the only one that has the ability uh, to do that. Those disciples uh, that, that, that were healing people, that was through the hand of God. And they were the first to tell you that they had nothing to do with it, but it was through God. Amen. So we have a need today uh, for a physician. A lot of times we can bury our head in the sand. I'm this way about going to the doctor. I, I, I will do anything that I can. I will let that be a last resort to go to the doctor. I've got pretty good insurance, but I just don't like to go. And, uh, and, and if I get sick, I will, I will, uh, my, my, my nature tells me, let it run its course. Just let it run its course and it'll clear up. 
Sometimes it does. Sometimes it don't. But I get sick enough, I'll go and beg them to give me something unusual, but I will. I will. I don't think nothing about paying a couple days. I'm going to tell you something today. When we're sin sick today, when our soul is sin sick, ain't no getting better on something. It's not going to wear and get better. I believe our body, I, I'm, not, I'm not very smart at this, but such Linda can tell you, I believe our bodies try to resist infection and try to, uh, it's just natural for trying to fight it off. But when we're sick in here, there's nobody that can help us but the great physician. Amen. The great physician. And boy, we're in need of him. We've got folks today <coughs> living in the old way. And, and when you talk to them, I heard a preacher talk about this the other day. When you talk to them, they appear and act like they're not sick. Mm -hmm. <laughs> There's nothing wrong. I mean blatantly living in sin. I, I understand we're sick. We need that position to die. We, we need him. He's the only healing that, 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 that'll work today for us. Oh, praise God. He said those that are whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. They that are sick. Preacher, what about those that, that died before, before this great physician was born in a manger in Bethlehem? What about them? <laughs> Brother Michael covered it in Sunday school. They died looking for the coming of this great Messiah, this physician. And they died believing and trusting that God would send him. And just because their life was cut short before he came, don't you worry at all about them folks. They're taken care of. They're taken care of. No wonder Simeon, when, when the, and I believe that Simeon was an old man when he did this. He may not have been, but I believe what, Jesus was just a little old baby there. This is before he ever got out and preached his own everlasting gospel. The Bible said that Simeon picked him up, and I can just see holding him up over his head. <laughs> My eyes have seen thy salvation. Simeon was ready to die. I've seen <laughs> There were folks that were here on this earth, this time that I read to you here, while Jesus physically walked in the form of man on this earth. And it takes that same physician today. And that's the only healing that our land can give. Amen. If we admit that we're sick and we need that physician. This is not going to heal on its own. Pumping tax money into it is not going to heal it. Come on, preacher. I remember Guy Hunt said one time that, that pumping tax money into certain things is like putting fresh water into a septic tank. He said, you're not going to drink what comes out the other end of that. But the only answer, the only healing 
will come from the great physician. Jesus knew that these, these sinners, that these people that were, quote, unreligious, He knew that He could work with them. He knew that He could, he could make some progress with them. The Bible said that uh, Peter was over there and him and some other fishermen were washing their nets. They had been out all night fishing and hadn't caught a thing. And they're washing their nets. We fished because we enjoy it. It's a hobby. We like it. If we don't catch anything, it ain't a life or death situation. These men made a living by fishing. Right. <clears throat> and the Bible says that they were over there washing their nets. And I can just hear Peter and the other ones Maybe they didn't say this, but I can just think about what they might have been saying. Boy, we've got to find another way to live. Mm -hmm. We've been out there all night long, toiling, and we ain't caught nothing. Yet we've still got to wash these nets up. They're dirty. Probably discouraged. Probably depressed. But it just so happened while they were doing that, Jesus was next to the lake of Gennesaret, I believe it was, and he was preaching. And there was a multitude of people there uh, round about him. And I can just see them on level ground, and if you're trying to listen to somebody talking, and you're level with them, and they're out there uh, a quarter mile away, and there's people in between you, you have a hard time trying to hear and see what they're saying. A lot of times you like to look at somebody that's talking to you. And they were having a problem seeing Jesus. The Bible said that Jesus came over there. He saw two ships there landed on the shoreline. And he asked Peter, he got up on that ship there while they were out there washing their nets. And he asked Peter, he said, uh, cast us out a little further. I believe he did that so that he could use the water and that distance and that height of being on that ship as a pulpit, as a podium. And after he got done preaching to those people, he told Peter, he said, cast out further into the deep. Notice how Peter, a lost man, did everything that Jesus said to do. <laughs> he wasn't really, really educated. He didn't know a whole lot about the law. He wasn't a scribe. But he did everything that Jesus asked him to do. So they, they cast out a little deeper. And Jesus said, cast your net down. And as if Jesus didn't know, Peter said, we have toiled all night long and we've caught nothing. But the Bible says, nevertheless, he cast down his net. <coughs> Boy, Peter was, he was right to be saved, wasn't he? And you know the story when he did, he, he, they, they had so many fish in it that the net broke, and evidently it must have broke from them pulling it up. I don't guess it broke apart because they still had all the fish in it. And Peter called for those 
uh, uh, his partners over there to come and help him to deal with all this drought of fishes. <coughs> and the Bible said there were so many that they put them on both ships. And the ships, the weight of the fish caused the ships to start to sink. <laughs> Peter knew then. I'm not dealing with just any man here. I'm not dealing with a prophet. <laughs> I'm not dealing with some Johnny come lately. But we ain't never caught fish like this. Never. Even at the best of times. The Bible said that Jesus told Peter, come and follow me. Now later on in Peter's life, he went back and he fished some. But the Bible said that he forsook, he forsook that ship, he forsook his nets, and he commenced to fall in Jesus. You see, what Peter did was he let the physician do the work. He let the physician do the work. Today, We've got a lot of Peters out in the world today. We've got a lot of people that are like the scribes and the Pharisees today that are self-righteous. Everything's okay. <coughs> you want to stir up a hornet's nest, you go to somebody that's living in the midst of sin, living in adultery, and you tell them that they are, you'll be called a prior. Mind your own business. I'm fine. Me and God's got our own thing going. That's contrary to the Word of God. We can't live like that and be in fellowship with Him. There's no way. There's no way. When I have things go through my mind that ought not go through, whether I react on them or not, I have to get that mess out before yeah. I can have peace with a great physician. That's right. When I got saved, I'm going to fix my clothes, be getting us a song. When I got saved physically, I was probably in the best shape that I'd ever been in. Probably so. At that age, healthy, didn't have no problems that I knew of physically. But I found myself sin sick because some old preacher had preached that you must be born again. He preached all had sinned and come short of the glory of God. Back then they preached it like this. If you don't get saved, you'll go to hell. <coughs> and although I was physically fit, I was spiritually in trouble and sick and died. And the gospel pointed me the way towards the physician. Oh, I've said before and I've told y'all if Jesus had to give me a test or question me, made me answer biblical questions, I'd have failed miserably. But that physician came. <laughs> he didn't have to run no tests on me to find out what was wrong. Son, you just lost. You sin sick. <laughs> and if you believe I can do it, I'll do it. <laughs> I believe, Lord. 
What was one of them said? Help down my unbelief. I believe. And the great physician touched me. Healed me. Preacher, do you need him anymore? Yes, <coughs> more than that. Vanessa, I turned to that position every day, every day. I need him for comfort, for counsel, for guidance, for mercy, for grace. Every day. I'm saved as I can be, but I'm still in this carnal flesh and I'm battling it every day. And I need this doctor to walk with me. Amen. My own personal doctor. Ain't that something? And yours too. You see these folks that got a lot of money, movie stuff, they have their own personal. Elvis had his own personal doctor. You imagine what that cost him? Got one. Got one. And it didn't cost me a dime, but it cost him the best heaven I had. Praise God today. So let me encourage you today. If it's been a while since you've been to the doctor, you'd be saved to get sensitive. Right. You can't. I've been there. That's true. If it's been a while since you've been to the doctor, you've tried other things, the medicine ain't working. And you need to go for healing. You need to go for a, what do we call it when folks come up to the altar? They say, I want to rededicate my life to the Lord. Sometimes we just need a real good rededication. Rededication. But you've got to come to the physician to get that today. You've got to realize where you're at. Don't be like these scribes and Pharisees depending on some rituals or just because they were born by nature into that, like we talked about in the Sunday school lesson. But the physician can only help those that admit that they've got a problem. Right? Those that admit they've got a problem. Don't ever take, don't ever think for one minute that when he says those that are whole need not a physician, but only those that are sick. Don't ever think that he's talking about people out there being hulled on their own. That don't happen. That don't happen. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Job, the Bible said, as uh, Brother Michael brought out, was a righteous man. He feared God. He eschewed evil. But somewhere in his life, he had to realize that he was born in sin. He was born in sin. Somewhere in Job's life, he made that thing right and believed God. And I believe if anybody ever looked for the coming Messiah, I believe Job did. I believe he did. So today, if you're behind on a doctor visit with the Lord, see, you've got to stay in contact with, with Jesus. You can't, you can't just go about your daily life and, and say, I'll just pull him up when I need him. You need him right now. He's got to be part of your life. He's got to be your life. That's the only seat that he will sit in is to be first in our lives. And all these other things the Bible teaches us that we strive so hard to try to have and to try to get, he knows we have need of those things. He said it in his word. You need raiment? 
clothes? You need a roof over your head? I know. And I'll go further than that. He'll bless you beyond that. How many of us in here today have more than just the necessities of life? Every one of us do. Every one of us today. So I will encourage you, if it's been a while, and I know this is coming from somebody who doesn't like to go for medical attention, but I'm telling you today, you have the right to refuse it. You have the right to refuse it. Amen. I didn't understand one time until I was running with Susan Moore's fire department that if somebody didn't want to go on an ambulance ride, but they really needed to, they could refuse it. When Jesus offers a healing and offers you help, you have the right to refuse it. He's not going to force it on you. Just like, well, Sunday school went so far, close, so close to this. We're not robots today. We're not programmed to worship God. But it's our choice. Free moral agents to choose. The Bible said that many are called, but what does it say? Few are chosen. Few are chosen. I believe that those scribes and Pharisees were called. I believe they were called to repentance. I believe that Jesus wanted them to know that even though they practiced their rituals, even though they fasted, even though they did all these things, it was not by works, but it was by the mercy of God. It's not by the sacrifices, the animal sacrifices, all these things that we could do to think that we're impressing God. But it's by belief and trust and it's by His mercy that we can be healed today. Everybody stand if you will. If you'll get us a song. 505. to see you saved, one that wants to see you in heaven.